1: This is Terry Telford reporting from Michael Senoff's HardToFindSeminars.com, where I'll be bringing you exclusive audio interviews with the hottest, most sought-after business secrets that can make your business explode. A copywriter extraordinaire, Dan is currently so busy that he's not even accepting new clients. So You can appreciate the time that Dan is taking with us to describe his business and exactly how he works and pass on a lot of information as far as being a copywriter and what you can do to actually go ahead and write your own copy, the formulas he uses, the secrets he's got. Let's just dive right in. I'd like to just say thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us, Dan. Glad to be here, Terry. Thank you again. Dan, I've got really a bunch of questions for you, but before we kind of dig in. Let's talk about you first. How did you get started, and how did the early days go?
2: Terry, I moved from Hong Kong to North America years ago with no money, no connections, and not a word of the English language on my lips. Uh, As you can tell from my thick accent, English is not my first language. I had to learn it from scratch. started my first business when I was 16 years old with my friends, mowing lawns for people in my neighborhood. and The business went down in six months because of lack of customers and off, I would start a business and it would fail very quickly. I was in the vending machine business, I was in multi-level marketing, I was in the retail business, in fact, I was importing toys from Asia and at one point, because I lost so much money in my business ventures, I had to borrow money from my friends and family just to survive that was pretty bad
1: and I even went out there and get a job
2: and I was making minimum wages stuck in cans. On the shelves in a supermarket. Because I had no degree of formal education. That's the only job I could get at that time. Now at that time, just like most people, I was reading all those self-help books. I was listening <laughs> to the tapes, going to seminars. I was a junkie. I had a desire to succeed. I set goals. I think positively. Affirm to myself daily. I'm rich. I'm wealthy. All that stuff. And guess what, Terry? I was still freaking broke. Now by the way, Terry, forgive me for being very blunt during this interview. I don't mean to hurt anybody's feeling, but I probably will, so I hope. Because when it comes to business and marketing advice, I don't pull any punches. I mean, I don't take any prisoners. I don't sugarcoat stuff, but I tell it like it is. And that's exactly why I'm not everybody's cup of tea. My clients either love me or hate me, because sometimes I'm just too tough on my clients. Sometimes they come up to me and ask me, Dan, what do you think of this idea? And if I don't like it, and I think it's not going to work, I just tell them point blank, it's it's not going to work and a lot of them don't like to hear that, especially when they're paying me a lot of money. They put up with me because I make them money. I mean, why else would a person pay a marketing guy a lot of money to yell at them and slap them around? The <laughs> reason is I make them a lot of dough. I was starting all these businesses and these adventures were going out of business faster than I could stop them, so it was pretty bad. And one day, it just dawned on me and I asked myself this question. Why some businesses are more successful than others? Why some people just seem to have their might of touch. And I look at myself, I said, Well, I'm not stupid. I work hard. I had a desire to succeed. What was I doing wrong? What's the problem? What's the key? What's missing? I kept asking myself. And boom I got it. I finally got it. The ultimate secret to business success. And here's the secret. I have never seen a company in trouble from having too much revenue. Just like in a person, you can never have too much money. You can never have too much revenue in a business. Now, the next question, Gary, you want to ask me is, well, then then how do you generate revenue? Well, by creating and keeping a customer. Well, how do you create and keep a customer? Through effective marketing. No marketing, no customers. No customers, no sales, no sales, no business. Period. End of story. It's that simple. Show me a profitable company, and I'll show you a good marketing company. So I discovered that that's the ultimate secret to business success, and that's the key, that's the missing link. Then I determined to get good at this marketing stuff, so I read John Cables and Clark Hopkins, all the marketing classics, and started my little one-man advertising agency. You know, I started writing ads for entrepreneurs. Now, at that time, because I was just starting out, Terry, I didn't have any degree or diploma in marketing. At that time, I didn't have any credibility. Nobody trusted me. How long ago was this? That was about six years ago. So 1998. Yeah. That's what happened. So what I did is very simple. It's like I make them an offer they cannot refuse. So I simply say to them, Mr. or Mrs. Prospect, I realize you might not believe in my marketing ability, and I can appreciate that. Why don't we do it this way? Let me write an ask for you or a male mail piece. If they don't make you money, don't pay me a dime. Only pay me if they work for you. How does that sound to you? Well, guess what they say, sure, where can we start? So under that kind of pressure, I had to figure out a way to create the most type of advertising possible. Why? Because if my stuff doesn't work, I don't eat. I can't mess around with theories. I don't have that kind of luxury I wish I had. The stuff I create, they have to make money, and preferably make money very quickly. And to this date, I have sold over twenty million dollars worth of products and services in over thirty-nine different industries. And now I'm teaching others how to market their products and services. So that's basically my story, and that's how I got started in business. Let me tell you a story, okay? Yeah. Now, one time, I was on the phone with a client and he owns a couple of restaurants in Canada, and his business was in trouble, big trouble. I cannot reveal his name here. We were chatting, and I was asking him some questions and stuff. So we were on the phone for at least, I think, three hours, and at the end of the consultation, you know, I gave him some ideas on how to develop a brand, how to really promote his business, how to create some excitement in his restaurants, how to create a unique selling proposition, all that stuff. So he wrote down a bunch of notes and ideas, Anyway, didn't hear from him for two or three months. No fax, no phone call, nothing. Absolutely nothing. And one day, he called me out of the blue. And I pick up the phone, and all I heard was, Dan, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I said, what happened? What is it? And he said, oh, Dan, I did exactly what you said, and I quickly turned my business around, and now my sales is up 30%. Thanks for your advice. And he kept saying, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, right? And I said, send me a check. That's just stuck in my mind, so I said, hmm, that's interesting. Quickly turn his business around. I said, that's a good term. That's, why don't I call my methodology quick turn marketing? So that's how the idea was born. But you know, Terry Franklin, there's nothing new under the sun of marketing. I don't claim to invent all these marketing strategies or ideas. In fact, I'll be the first one to tell you, I never have any original ideas and probably we never will. Here's the first lesson for our listeners and it's an important one. When you go to the bank, Terry, and deposit some money, will the teller say to you, I'm sorry, Terry, we can't allow you to deposit the check because this is not your original idea. did not bang your head against the wall to come up with this idea. The banks don't give a damn. They don't care if you spend 10 years coming up with the idea or they don't care if you spend a day. Money is just money. and Then why we invent the wheel? Why not take the role of less resistance? Forget about being original. Forget about being creative. Creativity sucks. Just That's, take the money and go home.
1: That I mean, is a really, really big statement coming from somebody who is a very professional marketer.
2: I'm not an innovator.
1: I'm a synthesizer.
2: I hand the best marketing techniques that I have used and tested in the battlefield, in the trenches. Simplify them, we find them again and again and teach it in such a way that it's easy to understand and most importantly, easy to apply. I want people to be able to learn my stuff today, and then they can apply tomorrow when they open the door and just make some quick cash. And that's my whole intention. And that's what QuickTime marketing is all about: producing the maximum results with the least amount of effort in the least amount
1: of time. So then quick Turn marketing, is it something that I can go to your website and say, hey, I like this sales letter that he's written. I'll just copy that and change a few words, and I can use that? You can copy the ideas. Now, there's a huge difference between stealing and
2: copying and modeling, right, Terry? Uh-huh. I would say if you can look at any sales letter that is proven, you can take the con. You don't want to just steal the words and phrases, right? That's illegal. Yeah. Because that's copyright-protected material. Exactly. But you can never copyright an idea. Okay, let me give you an example. Okay. Let's say there's a proven headline. There's an ad written by John Cable. It's called, Do You Make These Mistakes in English? There's an ad for, I believe, a home study course. It's been running for 30 years. I believe it's still running right now. Now, if you just take it, Do You Make These Mistakes in English? and use it as your ad, that's legal. But what if you change it to, Do You Make These Mistakes in Internet Marketing? Do You Make These Mistakes in Copywriting? Do you make these mistakes
1: in your consulting business? You see what I mean? So you've still got the same meaning, but you've just changed some of the words so that you exactly. use it for your own business. Why do we invent the wheel? Just take what works and run with it. Now, how would you go about finding something that you would be pretty sure is something that works? First of all, what you want to
2: do is you want to fill up what I call a swep file. Have your own swep file. You should see my swep file. I have thousands and thousands and thousands of sales letters. Now, how did you pick those ones
1: out of all the sales letters? How do you choose?
2: Good question. First of all, what you want to do is you want to buy stuff from mail. You want to buy stuff from Nightingale Conan. and You want to get on all the marketers' mailing lists. I'm on their mailing list. I'm on their best customer list because I buy everybody's stuff. And how do you know it's a winner? Very simple. If they keep mailing to you the same piece more than three, four, five times, you know it's a winner. Why? Because if it doesn't make money, they won't keep mailing it. Even magazine ads. If you see the same ad running first issue, second issue for years, you know it's proven. Otherwise, they'll pull it because it costs too much. So build your sweat file, get on the mailing list, buy some stuff from everybody. When you open your mailbox, people call it junk mail. I call it the gold mine.
1: That's your research.
2: That's my research. I get 10,
1: 20 marketing pieces a day, junk mail. So you've got a library in your mailbox every day. huge. I love those stuff. So you've done a lot of research then as far as not only just in direct mail and that type of thing, but in a lot of different industries. Exactly. What do you see then would be one of the common or some of the common marketing mistakes and advertising mistakes that consistently <laughs> keep coming into your mailbox? Terry, I can do a three day bootcamp on this subject, I think, because there are so many mistakes they make. Let me give you
2: maybe four or five fake okay. ones. Mistake number one. This is not so much a marketing mistake. It's more like a business mistake, but it's a deadly one. And that is most entrepreneurs don't have an exit strategy. They got into the business without knowing how they're going to get out. They got into the business for the wrong reason in the first place. Let me give you an example. Maybe they just lose their jobs or their boss just fired them and they've been working for the companies for the last 10 years and they think they know as much about the business than the boss of the company. Or maybe their parents passed away and they kind of just take over the family business. Or they couldn't find a job like me and they have to start their own businesses. So they got into the business without knowing what business is all about. Unless you're planning to work until the day you drop there, you must have an exit strategy. You must know why you got into the business in the first place. I'm talking about what is the purpose to start the business in the mm-hmm. first place. What do you get out of your business, and how do you want your business to serve you? Because most people I talk to, I ask them, why did you start your own business? And they'll say stuff like, well, to make some money, to be my own boss. That's just not good enough. You've got to be more specific. So what would be a better answer if somebody, or you were to ask somebody? I would ask them, when you start your business, what are you going to do? Are you going to sell the business for a huge lump sum and retire? Are you going to keep the business and continue to work hands-on to make a huge income? Or maybe are you going to keep the business and cash out your time, maybe delegating the day-to-day and make a huge passive income? Or maybe are you going to franchise your business and just collect franchise fees, like McDonald's, Burger King, and Subway, that kind of stuff? Or maybe you have bigger goals. You're going to take the company to the public. Who knows? But you've got to know all these things. So you um, need to
1: have kind of a long-term goal, even when you're starting your business, setting it up right from it, the beginning. And how to get out. Long-term. When are you going to get out? How are you going to get out? Let yeah. me give you some examples in my own
2: business activity. So I'll make it clear. Let's say my own consulting and information marketing company,
1: mm-hmm. QuickTime
2: Marketing. I sell books and tapes, educational materials, consult with people, regular ad copies for my clients, that kind of stuff. Now, the purpose of that business is just to generate a huge income, okay. period. Okay, I'm not going to sell the business. It's a cash cow for me, basically, and I love what I do. Information marketing is one of the best businesses on the planet. Low cost, high margin, easy to sell, easy to manage, very good business. I'm not going to sell it. Now, besides quick-term marketing, I also have equity in five other privately held companies. I serve on the board of directors for most of these companies as a marketing advisor. One of these companies, our whole goal is to sell it to some corporation. That's it. We don't want to keep it sold. now, So what we want to do is we want to package the business in such a way that is attractive
1: to big corporations so they acquire a company. Make sense? Yes, So You're going to run the business towards the goal that you're going to sell it. So that's going to affect your day-to-day procedures and what you're doing in the business.
2: Exactly. We just want to sell the damn thing. So that way, sales is more important than profit. If right. you want the sales figures to be very impressive, if you're going to sell a company, big companies think well after they buy your business, they can do a better job than you do managing the business. They think they can increase the profit. They always think them is stupid. Then whatever you want, just give me the money. So we want to do everything we can to bump up the sales. That's the focus, to bump up the sales. Now, I'm also a major shareholder of another company that invests in the U.S., tax liens and tax fees and tax specific that kind of stuff, real estate stuff. I'm not particularly passionate about the business, but that's okay because I'm not running the son of a gun, right? My business partners are running them. Yeah, That's where I park my money. It gives me a nice return on my investment, 15% to 17% a year. It's better than putting them in the bank. Different business, different objective. Different objective requires different strategies. And different approach to certain things so the bottom line is you cannot get what you want if you don't know what you want and just owning a business for the sake of owning one is just dumb I apologize that hurts our listeners' feelings, feeling but that's just the reality
1: that's mistake number one can you just tell me what's your exit strategy then for this other business it's not a, a business that you're going to sell you parked your money there what's yeah. the exit strategy for that one
2: I treat it like a bank I wish this to
1: where I park my money I'm not going to sell it my is yeah. wanting
2: it I just pop my money there and get a nice return. Okay, that's so it. there's no exit strategy there's on There's no exit for that company, but that's it. But I have a very clear objective of what I want to do with that company, and that's the difference. That's the missing number one. Want to go on missing number two? That would be great. They focused on the wrong thing, and here's what I mean. Most entrepreneurs don't understand the importance of marketing. Now, I don't care what business you're in. Most businesses operate like a three-legged stool. You need all three legs, otherwise, the stool falls down. The three legs in a business is, number one, the product and services, what you sell. Number two is your operation. How do you manage your business? Number three, how do you market your products and services? You can have the very best products and services in the world. You can run the best office in the world, but unless you let people know what you do, unless you market your business, you're not going to have a successful business. That's a huge, huge misconception among business owners. If you build it, they will come. If you build a better mousetrap, the world will be the path to your door. Nowadays, you don't need a better mousetrap. What you need is a better way to drive people to your mousetrap. I'm amazed at how some entrepreneurs delegate their marketing. I mean, holy, that's what brings in the money. How can you delegate marketing to marketing directors? It just amazed me. So marketing is your business, like I said, no marketing, no sales, no business. So you really should spend the majority of your time promoting a business, marketing your products and services. Just focus your time on marketing because revenue would take care of a lot of problems. That's mistake number two. Mistake number three, they do image advertising instead of direct response advertising. And what's the difference? Can you just clarify that? Sure. Now, some sales rep just shop at your door, and he is selling advertising space in newspaper or radio or trade magazine, whatever. He's telling you, Terry, you've got to run this ad this way and make it look real nice and pretty and really professional. Now, not only that, Terry, you got to run this ad 15 to 20 times to create the top-of-mind awareness. If you only run it a couple times, it doesn't work. You've got to run it 15, 20 times. That's a, that. normal advertising. Yeah, it's normal advertising. Because most business owners are not tracking it. They just tell you, you've got to keep running it again, again, and again. You cannot multiply zero. If you're not getting response today, you're going to continue not getting response, period. Unless you... Do or you learn what I call direct response marketing or direct response advertising. Unless you're McDonald's or Coca-Cola, you don't have a few million bucks in advertising budget to do all the image advertising stuff. But you have to do direct response advertising. That means every dollar you spend has to be measurable and accountable. Imagine you have to write a check to the media web on Monday. The ad has to appear in the publication on Wednesday so that the revenue generated on Wednesday gets deposited into the bank by Friday so that the damn check you wrote on Monday clears. That's the way you need to look at advertising. Every dollar you spend is measurable and accountable. If you spend 10 bucks, how much you got back in dollars. I love this. I get my word, my name out there. You can't eat image. Image doesn't pay bills. You need cash, so you must know the return on your investment. Marketing, it's it's all math. It's not about creativity. It's all math. That's all it is. You spend a buck, you make two bucks back, five bucks, ten bucks, twenty bucks. If an ad works, you keep running it. If it doesn't work, then you tweak it and you try to change it, try to improve it. That's all it is. So that's mistake number three. Mistake number four. They market the same way that everybody else market in the industries. Yellow page is the worst, Terry. You open a yellow page, let's say you're looking for a printing company, and you open a section, all the ads basically look the same, right? They all say the same bullshit. I mean, we care about you, we've been in business since 1998, professional services, quality printing, has I mean, it's pathetic, it's is horrible. Now Terry, let me ask you. Let's say you own a printing company. Instead of running an ad saying, I'm the best, I'm the greatest, and blah, 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 who cares, right? You run an ad and say something like this. Warning, do not hire a printing company until you read this. Free report reveals the seven biggest mistakes businesses make with the printing and how you can avoid them. Now, if you're the consumer and you're looking for a printing company, who are you going to call? One time, when I was speaking to a group, sometimes I speak in associations and stuff, a lady asked me, Dan, if you can only give us one single piece of marketing advice, what would that be? Smart lady, good question. I said, find out exactly what your competitors are doing, find out how they're marketing their business, and just do the exact opposite of what they're doing. You'll do well. That's how I answer the question. Would this work 100% of the time? Of course not but they'll probably work a hell of a lot better if you just follow what your competitors are doing. That's the thing. If you do what everybody else does, you get what everybody else got. If nobody in your industry uses direct mail, try direct mail. If nobody uses free report as a lead generation tool, try it, because nobody does it. It probably work,
1: So you'll be able to keep yourself separated from the competition simply because you're doing something different.
2: Just do something different and it doesn't cost more to do different. You just have to think differently. I always tell people, think outside the box, be a little crazy, be a little outrageous because we're getting bombarded with advertisements and ads and marketing messages every day. You have to do something that is so unique and special to catch people's attention. That's you have to be a little different. So, And look at it this way. If you think outside the box, you do something new, you do something crazy, you do something that's different from your competitors, and let's say it doesn't work, what well, are you going to lose? You can always go back. But, you know, I'll tell you what, it's very likely it will work. That's mistake number four. Mistake number five, they try to market to everybody. I always tell my clients, if no one is the customer. Targeting in niche market is probably the smartest way to market. Mass marketing costs too much. It's much better to be a big fish in a small pond than a small fish in a big pond. Let me give you another example, okay? Uh-huh. Let's say you are selling a time management system, six audio tapes, home study course, that kind of stuff. How much can you sell it for? Maybe 60 bucks? Up to about $100, I would say. $100, okay. What if you are selling time management system for realtors? How much can you sell it for? Maybe 200 bucks.
1: Yeah, because okay. it's more specific.
2: What if you're selling time management system for Wimax realtors? You can sell it for maybe 400 bucks. Now, the content is basically the same. I mean, time management is time management is pretty much the same. It's just through the audio, you mentioned something like Wemax, filters, that kind of stuff. You change a few words, that's it. But because you can charge more in a niche market and it doesn't cost you as much to reach and communicate with the marketplace unless you're Coca-Cola. Not everyone is your customer. If you say everyone is your customer, you live in a dream world. That's not how it works. Find a niche, dominate the niche, that's the way to go.
1: And by doing that, then you're actually going to lower your Promotional and marketing costs while you are increasing your profit, And you
2: can reach the market much, much faster. Let me ask you how tough is it to find people who are interested in time management generally? Tough. Who knows who's interested in this kind of stuff, right? Exactly. Terry, can you find a list of 5,000 Remax builders? Can you do that in a hobby? Exactly. That's the difference. I can go on and on, but those are some of the biggest mistakes.
1: That's very helpful, actually. The next thing that just kind of popped into my mind, you are probably exactly opposite to most of the, I don't really like the word, but the gurus are the very professional people online. You don't kind of fall into the mainstream, I would have to say. Now, mostly the gurus out there are saying, if you want to become successful, you find a need and you fill it. What's your opinion on that? I think that's nonsense, and here's why. Hmm? If you want to go broke, find a need and fill it.
2: If you want to get rich, find a want and steal it. Now, people don't buy what they need. They buy what they want. We only need a few things in life to survive. We need food. We need water. We need some shelter. That's it. Now, we don't need a Mercedes. We don't need a big house. We don't need a Rolex. Now, we certainly don't need Starbucks coffee, don't we? And we don't need 30 pairs of shoes. But guess what? We want them. We want the nicer things in life. So people buy what they want, not what they need. So don't find a need and feel it. Find a want and feel it. Position your products and services as the ultimate solution to your prospect's problem. Fulfill their dreams.
1: Fulfill their desire, and you'll do well. That's a good point. If I'm just going to or somebody's going to start a business right now, they're starting from scratch, what kind of advice would you give them then? You don't want to go and find a need. You want to go and find a want and fill that want. Now, how would you go about setting up the business? Instead of just giving our listeners some
2: pieces of the puzzle, why don't I walk you through a whole process? Imagine I'm starting a business with you right now, and the process will go through to a profitable business. Then that way, you'll be able to see the whole process and the the behind-the-scenes and behind what my thought process are. Excellent. Now, first, what you need, like you said, you want to find a niche. You want to find a want. You need a sellable product that people want to buy Here's the key. That people actually want to buy, not what you think people want to buy. How okay. am I going to find out? Stuff they're already buying. Now, what you want to do is we have this little product, this little gadget. You want to have a back-end in place before you start marketing your front-end product. Can you explain back-end? Okay. What happened is, you us say we have this $30 product. That's the front-end product. Back-end product is what you sell them after they become your customers. Now, the biggest mistake that most people make when they start a business is they start with one product, and then what happens is they start to market the business and they get some sales, and then they realize they need more sales. Then what happens is they start panicking and search for other products to sell to their customers. Now, do not make this mistake. So what you want to do is you want to have a backend in place before you even start marketing your front end product because you want to save time and save money. Let's say you are an information marketer. You teach self-defense, so you teach martial arts stuff. So your target market is people who are interested in martial art and other stuff. That's a niche. Then I want you to visualize an ice cream cone. It's what I call the funnel system. So start from the top, the level one product is, let's say, a free report. Level one product. The title is How to Easily Drop Any Attacker in 10 Seconds with One Finger. It's a free report, so give it away for free. So that's level number one. And let's say level number two could be a DVD. Same title: How to Easily Drop Any Attacker in 10 Seconds with One Finger. Let's say you sell that for 49 bucks or something. That's level number two. And level number three, let's say you're selling a home study course for I don't know seven ninety seven. And level number four then you can do a let's say three day boot camp. Two grand for the boot camp. And then level five could be a one on one training program with you. Three thousand bucks. Different price points as you can see. Level number six, last level could be let's say a twelve month you get a certificate, you get to be an instructor, all that stuff, ten grand. So different price points, different back end products. Now once you have these back end products in place then your next step is to develop an effective sales message. I like to call it a sales pitch because it is a sales pitch. So you want to come up with what's unique about this product, what's the benefits, all that stuff, and you do an ad. And you start marketing. You don't start marketing the level six stuff. You start with level number one.
1: So you want to give away the free report first. Yeah, you
2: want to begin the relationship. You want people to raise their hands. Who is interested? in dropping any attackers within 10 seconds with one finger. Okay. They raise their hand. They ask for their free report. Now, what you do next is you start marketing your level number two, and level number three, level number four, level number five products to them, one okay. by one. So start with little things, free report. Or it could be a book. It could be whatever, just a free report. So what you want to do is you want to get them into your final system.
1: the industries, it's not so
2: much how many products, Terry, it's more like different price points. I know some businesses that are very successful, they just sell a $20 item, but they have 100 of them. It really depends, but you want to have at least a few to get started. But it's the same basic
1: concept where you have one customer that you sell to repeatedly. repeatedly.
2: Repeatedly, because it costs much more to get a new customer than reselling to an existing customer. It costs five
1: times as much. So if I have a business already then, I have a product that I'm selling regularly, maybe I have one or two back-end products, where would I go from here using the quick-turn marketing tactics and strategies?
2: There are both six to seven what I like to call bags of tricks I use all the time when I consult with a client. Truth is, you don't need to know a million strategies. I know about 20 to 30 of them, and I use them all the time because they work just almost for any business in any industry. Technique number one, make offers to existing customers more often. I've never seen a customer list that is open mail. Your customers want to hear from you. So if you approach them properly with good, honest offers, you can contact them. Some people just contact their customer once a year. Amazing. You should really contact them at least once a month. Even the same product, maybe you need to have a three-step milling sequence to sell the same product. Because maybe the first time they get your sales pitch, eh, it's kind of good, but i put it away. The next time, oh, okay, okay. And the timing is not right, but the third time you get them. So you would send the exact same piece three times? You can have this exact same piece, or the second piece could be what I call a leaf note. Terry, in case you didn't get the letter, here's the offer again. And then the third letter you could have, the same letter you just have, the cover letter is different. The third letter could be, Terry, I'm puzzled. I still haven't heard from you. This is the greatest thing since sliced bread. What's happening? Are you still alive? But if you take action right now, I will throw in these additional bonuses, but you have to act before the deadline. Make offers to existing customers more often. Technique number two would be include powerful letters with your brochures. If you have brochures. If you're only going to mail one thing, I would recommend, forget a brochure. Send a powerful sales letter instead. When you open your mailbox, you get a brochure. It goes straight to the trash can. But if you get a letter, maybe a hand-written envelope, you open it and you read it. People like letters. It's just human nature. So if you use brochure, I would say just add a personal letter from you over your signature with the brochure, we'll increase your sales. That's heading number two.
0: This is the end of
2: part one. Please continue to
0: part two. Here is another bonus resource for you. And it's about a section on my site that has about 15 hours of audio interviews with copywriting experts, including Brian Keith Voiles, including Carl Goletti, including Eugene Schwartz. You will not find this content anywhere It will take you to an entire collection of audio recordings, MP3 downloads, and transcripts of some of my best interviews on the subject of copywriting. And You'll be able to play them, download them, print the transcripts, and it's a collection you will not find anywhere else. If you want an education on copywriting, you will not find anything better than this.